great moments in time come from great opportunities. And you have the opportunity to get back into the swing of things. A big summer of golf is headed your way here in Northwest Ohio. And Ollie the Alford has you covered. It all starts on July 5th through the 11th with the tradition unlike any other in the Northwest Ohio sports scene. The Marathon Classic presented by Dana in Sylvania, Ohio. We will have all the coverage for you of the Marathon Classic from the start of the tournament to its conclusion right here on All Andy Alfred. And then in September, the world will be watching as Team USA battles Team Europe at Inverness Club for the 2021 Solheim Cup. It's going to be an event unlike any other you'll see in sports. Tickets are available for both events. A special for the Marathon Classic, though. Two for one weekly grounds tickets available at your local Kroger stores. For all the information regarding the tournaments, visit themarathonclassic.com for ticket information and for events leading up to the tournament. And for the Solheim Cup, head to solheimcup.com for more information. It's going to be a great summer of golf, and we have all the coverage right here on All Andy Alfred. The following is a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network, powered by Anchor. You are listening to Andy tonight on the plethora of platforms on the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Bleaker. However you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you so much for tuning into the program tonight. You can always be a part of our show by following us on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. And Facebook.com slash all Andy Elford. Cleveland takes three of four from the Motor City Kitties. And now battle the North. And I'm talking about the Blue Jays. While the judge comes to Motown to battle the Detroit Tigers. The Reds take two of three from the Nationals, but can't get a run across the board today on the North side. We'll talk about what's happening with the Red Legs. The Hens are winning in Louisville and continue this two-week road trip. Seeing them in Louisville and then in Memphis. As they say, welcome back. Welcome back, John Davidson, to the Union Blue. And could we get a reunion with a familiar face? A man by the name of Gerard Gallant. We'll talk about that. But hey, if you're listening to me tonight, don't toss the popcorn at the TV screen. Don't be like that fan to Russell Westbrook. Because tonight, it's Friday. We're on the air. 
And it's time for All Andy Alfred. Guess who's back? All Andy Alfred. And a shot at a goal! 24 runs in the span of the Shut out. Dumbino! Hit to a home run! Go! Jack! That's way back! Put some extra relish on my hot dog! Bear down! Chicago Bears! Choo choo, it's time for All Andy Alfred. And with that, I say I love you guys, and welcome in to another edition of All Andy Alfred, right here on your exclusive home for me, that is the Anchor Network, and you are listening to us tonight on the plethora of platforms with the Anchor Network, whether it be on Apple Music, thank you, whether it be on Google Podcasts, Spotify, Bleaker, Stitcher, Pocket Cast, however you listen to this show, wherever, whenever, and however you listen, thank you. From the bottom of my heart, thank you for giving me the time to give you an update on what's happening in the sports world and what's happening in my life, of course, as you can always be a part of our show by following the show on Twitter. It is at AllAndyAlfred. It is at AllAndyAlfred, as well as on Facebook dot com slash all Andy Elford. So welcome into the show. We're doing this show on a Friday, Friday. Gotta get down on Friday. Yes, a Friday night edition of All Andy Elford. Haven't done a Friday night edition of All Andy Elford in a long time. We're gonna be doing some more of those, of course, as we get closer to the Falcon Friday football edition of the program. But a lot to get into tonight, of course. We're talking about what's happening with the Jackets as they're in the offseason. A big signing for them as John Davidson comes back to the Blue Jackets. We'll talk about that and how my feelings about that. Also, we'll dive into the NHL playoffs. Hopefully, you're getting ready for tonight's Game 7 between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Minnesota Wild. That's a big game tonight. We'll talk a little bit about that as well as the other playoff matchups. We'll also dive into what is up with the series that's going on with the Mudhens. Mudhens are on the road, a big two-week road trip. We'll talk about the Mudhens as well, and we'll have a good Andy rant for you tonight. So let's get right into it, of course, and we'll start with what happened this past week up in Motown. Yes, the Tigers took took on the Cleveland Indians in a huge series this past week, and these, these two teams will now not see each other until the end of June. Yes, it'll be a long time before June before we see these two teams battling each other out yet again as they will be crisscrossing the country now. They'll be getting ready for, you know, big matchups coming up especially for Detroit. They're getting ready for the big Yankee series, which we'll, which we'll preview tonight right here as we are doing this podcast at 5.45 this afternoon as the Reds game has just ended. The Tiger game and the Indians are getting ready, even though it is a little rainy outside right now. It'll be interesting to see how tonight's game gets played with all the rain going forward. So here we go. Let's dive right into it. Let's start off with this past week, the Tigers. Welcome in the Cleveland Indians, and the Indians got the better of the Tigers, winning three of four against the Tigers. And it all started Monday night with the Tribe getting a 6-5 win over the Detroit. 
as the Tigers fall 6-5, to five, like I mentioned. It was Garcia the loss for the Tigers. He goes to 0-1 with a 5.06 ERA. Mejia the winner for the Tribe. He goes to 1-0 with a 0 ERA. Class the save, his 8th of the season in the game. It was... It was Spencer Turnbull starting for the Tigers. He went six innings pitched, had seven hits, three runs. All three runs were earned, one walk, and three strikeouts. His ERA now a 3.12 ERA. For the for the Indians, it was Hedges starting for the Indians. He went five innings strong, five hits, three runs. Those three runs were earned, three walks, seven strikeouts. His ERA a 6.20 ERA. Willie Castro homering in the game. It was Wingarden giving up the home run from Willie Castro. Castro, his third of the season. So the Tigers fall in game one of the series by a score of 6-5. to five. In game two of the series, the Tribe continuing their rolling of the Motor City Kitties as the Tribe getting a 4-1 win over the Detroit Tigers on Tuesday night. It was Cervelli the win. He goes to 7-1 with a 3.04 ERA. Scoble again struggling. And this, when is Hinch going to realize that Scoble is not ready for the prime time? And, you know, you got to look at the minor league system and see whether or not, you know, it's time to bring somebody up. If it's time to put Fulmer out of, instead of, I, I just got to say this. I like Fulmer in the bullpen, but I think now with Scoble struggling, I think you have to put Michael Fulmer into the rotation a little bit as being a bullpen day because Scoble is just not the starting pitching material in my opinion. He really isn't. He is now 1-7 and seven with a 5.23 ERA. Uh, uh, Karnak, the save, his sixth of the season for the Tribe. Uh, no home runs hit for the Tigers in the game. Hernandez, his sixth. And Jordan Lupo, his seventh of the season. For the Indians in the game, Cervelli went eight innings strong. Six hits, one run. That run was earned. One walk and six strikeouts. For the Tigers in the game, Scoble went five innings pitch. Six hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. One walk, nine strikeouts. He gave up one home run in the game. That home run given off of Hernandez. So the Tribe getting a 4-1 win. Over the Motor City Kitties, the, the the Indians do unfortunately lose the third game of the series, and it was just a quick game. In my my opinion, it was quick. Rogers looked really good. Nico Goodrum strong, and in, in the game, the defense really stood up for them, and. You know, a one nothing victory for the Tigers against the Tribe, you know, is not a moral victory. It really isn't. It isn't a real moral victory. And Michael Fulmer gets the win. He gets he gets the win in the one nothing victory for the Tigers. Fulmer now four and three with a three point five eight ERA. Quintil the loss. He goes to zero and one with a two point zero three ERA. Soto the save, his fifth of the season. No home runs hit. In the game by either team. You look at the pitching. It was Urrera starting for the Tigers. He went five and two-thirds. Three hits, no runs. None earned. Three walks, two strikeouts. His ERA now a 4.14 ERA. McKenzie, this kid from, from Columbus. 
Had a good outing. Five innings, one hit, no runs, none earned, three walks, five strikeouts. His ERA a 5.94. But the Tigers getting the better of the Tribe in this game and beating up on the Tribe by a score of one to nothing. And we get to yesterday afternoon. It was a great pitching matchup. Shane Beaver versus Matthew Boyd. And, you know, it built up to the hype for it. It really did, and for me, it was a good outing for Matthew Boyd. It was a great outing for Shane Bieber. He had a, had a no-hitter going at one point until about the until he was relieved in the game, and the Indians getting a 5-2 win over the Detroit Tigers and winning the series and taking three of four from the Motor City Kitties and it shows you that the Indians found their swagger a little bit in this series when it came to when it came to finally coming to the bats in my opinion Rosario homering in the game his fourth of the season scope homering for the Tigers his fourth of the season but Shane Bieber a great outing he gets the win he goes to 5 and 3 with a 3.13 ERA Boyd the loss he goes to 2 and 6 with a 3.43 ERA for Boyd, he went five innings strong, six hits, four runs. All four were earned, two walks, five strikeouts. He gave up the home run to Rosario, his fourth of the season. For Shane Bieber, seven innings strong, one hit, one run. That run was earned, four walks, 12 strikeouts. He was the one that gave up the home run to Scope in the seventh inning, which ended the no-hit bid. And... Gave Detroit some sort of life, but it was just too little too late as the Tribe beats the Tigers by a score of 5-2. to two. So now both teams now can now go on their separate ways. They will not play each other again until the final week of June, which is the 28th, 29th, and 30th of June in Cleveland. So there will be some time before this, these two play again. So we'll see how both teams shake out because both teams have tough schedules ahead of them. And we'll go over the schedules here in just a second. And we'll start with the Tigers first, though, right here on All Andy Elford. Friday night, the Judge and Murderer's Row come to Comerica Park. Now, I don't know if they will get this game in with the rain happening and how cold and windy it is. It might be a Tiger victory because the Yankees are coming in, coming off of a doubleheader against Toronto. So we'll see how this is going to shake out. But tonight, Garrett Cole on the hill, 6-2 with a 1.81 ERA. He'll take on Casey Mize, who's 3-3 three three with a 3.42 ERA. Game time, 7.05 on either the Yes Network or on Fox Sports. Excuse me, not Fox Sports, Bally Sports. Detroit, gotta say Bally's now, Bally Sports Detroit. On Saturday, 410 start time for that one. It will be Garcia on the hill for the Yankees. He is 0-1 with a 4.50 ERA. He'll take on Spencer Turbo, who is 3-2 with a 3.12 ERA. 410 start time for that one. The concluding game on Sunday sees uh Scoble again on the hill. I don't know why they have to keep going to this kid, but he is not 
I'm just going to say it. I don't think he's ready. I really don't think he's ready to be a pitcher in the major leagues. He is definitely struggling this season. He can't find the strike zone in some ports. And, you know, if you're thinking about this, about this series and the concluding game on Sunday, I think I think the Yankees might get the better of the of of Scoble in this game. He's one and seven with a five point two three ERA. Uh, the Yankees have not yet named the starter for Sunday afternoon's game, which is at one ten at Comerica Park. All games either on Fox uh, on Bally Sports Detroit or on the Yes Network. And let me make sure that one. Uh, excuse me, MLB Network or WPNX in the Yankee Network. So there is that for you. And by the way, tomorrow's game, tomorrow's game on Bally Sports Detroit, as well as on MLB Network. So plan your TV time accordingly on this Memorial Day weekend. And by the way, the Tigers of them will hit the road for a quick two-game series in Milwaukee, 2:10 start time on Memorial Day. For them, both teams have not yet named starters. And then they will play Milwaukee on the 1st before they'll have a day off on the 2nd of June before they play four straight against the Pale Hose on the south side. Now, the Yankees were just playing the Blue Jays. That is who the Indians will be playing for the next three days. The Indians will welcome in to Progressive Field the Toronto Blue Jays. A great game tonight. Like I mentioned, with the weather happening in in um in Detroit and in Northwest Ohio, it's probably gonna affect also the Cleveland game tonight as well. It will be Toronto versus the the Indians. Uh Hanjay Renew will start for the Blue Jays. He's four and two with a two point five three ERA. Morgan gets his first major league start. He has no record and no ERA as of yet. That game seven ten either on on Sportsnet or on on Bally Sports, Ohio, Great Lake, excuse me. The game on Saturday afternoon will see uh, Hedges on the Hill for Cleveland. He is 1-1 one one with a 6.20 ERA. He'll take on Stripley, who is 0-3 with a 5.63 ERA. Game time for that one, 4-10. You can watch that on Bally Sports, Great Lakes, as well as on Sportsnet 1 uh, 4-10 start time for that one. Stripley 0-3 with a 5.63 ERA. Hedges 1-1 with a 6.20 ERA. The concluding game on Sunday sees Toronto welcoming Mats on the hill, who is 6-2 with a 4.28 ERA. He'll face Cervelli, who is 7-1 with a 3.04 ERA. 1-10 start time for that one. Bally Sports Great Lakes or on Sportsnet uh, up in Canada to watch that game. And then the Indians will welcome in the White Sox for four games in three days. A double dip on on Memorial Day weekend. Of course, both teams have not yet named starters for the double header on Monday afternoon. So the Indians taking on the Blue Jays. The Yankees coming into Comerica. We'll see how it all shakes out. And looking at the rest of the schedule for the Indians, they'll have four against the White Sox in three days after the 
Blue Jays. They will then play three in Baltimore, two in then and then two in St. Louis before they return home for three against Seattle, four against Baltimore, and then a big road trip, three in Pittsburgh, two on the north side of Chicago, a day off, then four against the Twins before they return home to battle the Detroit Tigers at the end of June. And then the first weekend of July, the Trastros, I mean the Astros, come into town for a big four-game series. Seeing that game July 1st to the 4th, yes, they will be playing the Astros on the 4th of July. So get your trash cans ready, Cleveland, to make them pay. So we'll see what it happen, what happens with that. Uh, if you're looking at the Tiger schedule, like I mentioned before, they, after the Yankees series, they will have two against Milwaukee, four against the White Sox, before they return home for three against the Mariners, three against the Pale Hose. Then they have a long road trip, three against Kansas City, four against the Angels of Anaheim before they return home for two quick games against the St. Louis Cardinals, four against the, the Trash Rows, and then they have the three games against the Tri, the 28th, 29th, and 30th of June before they welcome in the White Sox July 2nd, 3rd, and the 4th of July before they hit the road for two, three straight against Texas. So we'll see how that all shakes out as you're listening to All Andy Alford tonight right here on the Anchor Network. Right here on the Anchor Network. You can be following us on Twitter. It is at All Andy Alford. So now, before we get into the Red Legs, a little teaser. Hi, folks. This is Andy Elford, the host of All Andy Elford, talking to you today about my good friends down at the Libby Factory Outlet Store in the Warehouse District in downtown Toledo. Folks, this is it. This is what you've been waiting for. The big warehouse sale has arrived. Come on down to the Libby Factory Outlet Store at 205 South Erie Street for all your glassware and glassware accessories. With the warehouse sale, we have dinnerware, we have box sets, and so much more. Whether you're getting ready to head to college or getting ready for the football season, or better yet, breaking away from the mask and getting ready for those party summer entertaining events, Libby Glass Factory Outlet Store has everything that you need. Visit their store downtown at 205 South Erie Street in the Warehouse District. Open seven days a week, Monday through Friday, 9.30 in the morning till 5.30 in the evening on Saturdays. Hey, the farmer's market's open. They're open from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Sundays from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. The Libby Factory Outlet Store, setting your table right for more than 100 years. So now let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds, a huge series for the Reds this past week week as they took on the Natitude. Yes, we're nuts, nuts about the Nats. We're nuts about the Nats. We're crazy about the Nationals and nuts about the Nets. Yes, they went into Washington to battle the Washington Nationals, and it all started on Tuesday night when the Red Legs got a big 2-1 victory over the Washington Nationals. As it was Malley on the hill, he got the win. He goes to 3-2 with a 3.75 ERA. Max Scherzer, the former Tiger, gets the loss. He goes to 4-3 with a 2.27 ERA. Sims the save, his second of the season. Home runs in the game from Farmer, his third of the season. And Eugenio Suarez, 
his 10th. Josh Bell homering for the Washington Nationals, his 6th of the season. In the game, Malley went strong. Five and a third innings pitch, three hits, no runs, none earned, one walk, two strikeouts, no home runs hit, his ERA a 3.75 ERA. For the Nationals, it was Scherzer on the hill winning seven innings strong, five hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned, one walk, nine strikeouts. He gave up all two home runs from Farmer and Suarez in the game. So the Reds, a huge 2-1 victory. They could try to continue the momentum and were delayed by Mother Nature as they had to end the game at the fourth inning, suspend the game. They restarted the game Thursday afternoon, and the Reds could not find the way to get it done. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, not Trevor Hoffman, my apologies here. It was Hoffman on the hill for the Reds, and he got pulled in the game. He went down with an injury. So Jeff Hoffman going down with an injury. Uh, we don't hear. I haven't heard that much lately about what happened with him. Uh, he went. He went only an inning and a third, giving up two hits, two runs. Those two runs were earned. Five walks, no strikeouts. His ERA a four point six one before he was pulled with an injury in the game. So the Reds getting losing a starting pitcher. To the, on Thursday afternoon, mid-afternoon, with them playing a recapping the finishing up the second half, the first half of the game on Wednesday night. Uh, Brock came in. He won an inning and two thirds, three hits, one run. That run was earned. Two walks. His ERA is a four point nine one ERA. For the Nationals in the game, it was starting on the hill was Ross. He went four innings pitched, three hits. None earned, one walk, four strikeouts. But Vogel gets the win. He goes to two. He goes to one and zero with an ERA of a two point two eight ERA. He went two innings pitched, two hits, none earned, one strikeout in the game. No home runs hit in the game. Hand the save, his eighth of the season. So the Reds fall in game one or game two of the series on Wednesday slash Thursday afternoon. We go to Thursday night. And the Reds, Sonny Gray pitched a gem of a ball game. This kid is for real, folks. Deal with this. This kid is a dealer on the mound. I know it was a seven-inning game because of the making up the finale of game one. But this kid is a nine-inning dealer, folks. This kid is phenomenal. I loved him when he was in Oakland. I love him now as a red leg. This is a great pickup by the Reds. This rotation is needed. This kid needs to step up to the plate. With Bauer now gone, with Bauer gone, it is time for somebody to step up to the plate. And Sonny Gray has stepped up to the mound and has thrown. A gem of a ball game last night as he went strong last night. A solid six innings pitch, two hits, no runs, none earned, one walk, five strikeouts. His ERA, a 3.40 ERA. A great outing for Sonny Gray. Gets his first win of the year. 
He goes to 1-3 with an ERA of a 3.40 ERA. Steven Strasburg started for Washington. Five innings pitch, five hits, three runs. All three were earned. One walk, five strikeouts, one home run. The home run he gave up to Eugenio Suarez. Suarez is 11th of the season as Sims got the save, his third of the season. So Strasburg, I'll give you a trivia question right here on all Andy Alford. Steven Strasburg is now is has been with the Nationals for the I believe this is his sixth or seventh season. Can you name the team that he made his first professional major league starting as a starting pitcher? Can you name the team that he pitched first against right here on All Andy Alford? Tweet me your answer. That is at All Andy Alford. It is at All Andy Alford. We'll post the question on Twitter as well. Steven Strasburg got a loss last night against the Reds. Can you name me the team that he started his Major League Baseball against? Against. He's been with the Nationals. Where, who, what was the team that he faced in his first MLB Major League start? There's that trivia question for you. So the Reds getting two or three from the Nationals. They now head to the north side of Chicago. And today, the Reds could not find the ball. They could not find the plate. They could not put anything fully in play as it was just a home run in the game, one run in the game, and that was it. That was all the run support that that the Cubs needed today. As Alozwe gets the win, he goes to 3-4 and four with a 3.81 ERA. The loss goes to Gutierrez. He went... He goes now to 0-1 with a 1.80 ERA. Gutierrez, five innings strong, two hits, one run. That run was earned, two walks, three strikeouts. The one home run he gave up in the game was from Bote, his fifth of the season. And that was all the run support today. The final line looked like this. The Reds had no runs on seven hits, no errors in the game. The Cubs, one run on three hits, no errors in the game today. So the Reds fall to the Cubs. By the way, Kimbrell the save, his 12th save of the season. Uh, Sean Doolittle went uh, an inning and a third, one walk, one strikeout in the game tonight. So the Reds fall on the north side. They'll continue their home, their road trip. Final two games on the road trip as they go continue on the north side. They'll pitch tomorrow. Uh, Luis Castillo, he is struggling. He is one and seven. Now, Castri- you look at Scoble. He can't find the command, can't find the control. Castillo, on the other hand, has control and has momentum. He just is not finding the right pitch selection, and he's getting he's getting bit up by that. He is getting paid by that, and it's hurting him. His ERA a seven point six one this season. He is one and seven. He'll take on Davies, who's two and two with a four point nine six ERA. Uh, game time two ten Eastern, one ten in the Central Time Zone. 
It'll be on Bally Sports Ohio or on Marquee Sports Network. And that is a 2.10 start time for that one. The concluding game on Sunday at 2.10 start time sees Malley on the hill 3-2 and two with a 3.75 ERA. Could salvage the series possibly for the Reds. Arietta on the hill 5-4 and four with a 4.37 ERA. 2.10 start time for that one. Marquee Sports for in the Chicagoland, Bally Sports Ohio for that one. Then the Reds will then go home. And they will take on the Philadelphia Phillies in a quick three-game series. It will be Wayne Miley on the hill, 4-4 four and four with a 3.50 ERA on Monday afternoon, 2-10 start time for that one. He'll take on Vasquez, who is 2-0 with a 2.95 ERA. 2-10 uh, start time for that one, NBC Sports Philadelphia or Bally Sports Ohio for that one. And then it is back June 1st. Both teams have not yet named starters for them. But June 2nd, it is reopening day in Cincinnati as Ohio reopens and pulls back the health orders and the Reds go back to full capacity. So do the Indians. The Indians will go back to full capacity as well for their stadiums. A 12-35 first pitch on Wednesday against the Phillies before they hit the road for four against the, the Cardinals before they return home for three against the Brew Crew three against the Colorado Rockies before they head the road for a long road trip, which sees them play three in Milwaukee, four in San Diego, and then two in Minnesota before they return home for four against the Braves, a day off on the 28th of June, 29th and 30th, and the 1st of July, they play three games against San Diego. July 2nd, 3rd, and 4th, they welcome in the Cubs. So we'll see how the Reds do Going forward, Gutierrez making, by the way, making Vladimir Gutierrez making his major league debut today. So, you know, I got to give the kid a credit. A debut, a good debut, only giving up the one run. It's ERA, a 1.80. Welcome to the show, kid. Welcome to the show. So, let's take, so with the Reds and all that, Let's take a look at some news and notes around Major League Baseball. And I don't know if you've seen this, but how about the play by Baez? If you haven't seen it, go on to my YouTube, not YouTube, but go on to our Twitter account and go on to our Facebook account and look at this play. It is absolutely amazing to see this, this play happen. And you wouldn't think that, you know, in all my years of watching baseball, I've been on this planet for 31 years. I've been watching sports for the last 20 years. I have never, ever in my entire life seen a play like that happen. And I was absolutely shocked by it. Absolutely shocked by it. So, news and notes to pass along. Cody Bellinger is going to return to the lineup for the Dodgers on Saturday. He will start in center field for the for the Dodgers. Um, it looks like uh, Mike Scola, Scola from the Braves is going to be out for the rest of the season. It'll be interesting to see how that happens. Uh, John Carlos Stanton has been reinstated from the injured reserve list. He will be in the lineup this weekend for the Yankees against the Detroit Tigers. So there's some news and notes for you, by the way, the Mets and Braves have been postponed tonight. They'll make up a date. Their makeup date will be 
to be determined. So looking at games happening this weekend, uh, you have besides the Yankees battling the Tigers, the Blue Jays taking on the Indians and the Reds and the Cubs. You have the Marlins are in Boston to battle the Red Sox. You have the Padres taking on the Trastros. You have the Royals taking on the Twins. The White Sox are at home against the Orioles. And how about those new the White Sox uniforms? If you haven't seen that, I'll post that on our Twitter account. And you can take a look at those and see how you feel about those. Angels are in Oakland to battle the Athletics. Cardinals are in Arizona to battle the Diamondbacks. Rivalry renewed as the Giants take on the Dodgers. The Brew Crew and Nationals are Brew Crew and Nationals are happening happening as well. Phil, uh, like I mentioned, the Mets and the Braves are postponed tonight. And the Rangers and Mariners tonight. Uh, our good friend Everett Fitzhugh, the voice of the Seattle Kraken, will be throwing out the first pitch tonight. So I'll be uh, watching that and seeing how he does this first pitch. I have MLB TV. So Everett, good luck to you tonight. I've done it before. Let's see what happens. So with all that in mind, let's take a look at the standings going into today's play. The White Sox holding strong in the American League Central. At 29 and 20 in first place, the Indians with their three-game win, three out of four out of the Tigers, are now 27 and 21, a game and a half out of first place. Kansas City is 23 and 25, five and a half games out of first place. Minnesota 20 and 29, nine games out of first place, and the Detroit Tigers are 19 and 31, ten and a half games out of first place. You're looking at the AL East is the Tampa Bay Rays at 32 and 20. In the top spot, the Boston Red Sox are 30 and 20 at first in first spot. The Yankees are 29 and 21, two games out of first place. Toronto 25 and 24, five and a half games out of first place. And the Baltimore Orioles are 17 and 33, 14 games out of first place. In the West, it is the Oakland Athletics at 30 and 22. Houston is in second spot at 27 and 22, a game and a half out of first place. Seattle is 24 and 27, five and a half games out of first place. The LA Angels of Anaheim are 22 and 28, seven games out of first place. Texas is 22 and 30, eight games out of first place. In the senior circuit, it looks like this. The National League Central sees the Cubs in the top spot at 28 and 22. So are the Cardinals at 28 and 22 in first place, both teams. In a virtual tie for first place. In third spot are the Brew Crew at 25 and 25. Three games out of first place. The Red Legs are 22 and 27. Five and a half games out of first place. And Pittsburgh is 18 and 31. Nine and a half games out of first place. In the National League East. It is the Mets at 24 and 20 at the top spot. Phillies are 25 and 26. Two and a half games out of first place. The Braves are 24 and 25. Two and a half games out of first place. The, the Miami Marlins are 24 and 27, three games out of first place. And the Washington Nationals are 21 and 25, four games out of first place. In the West, the Padres holding strong at the top spot, only a half game lead in the top spot at 32 and 19. The Dodgers 31 and 19, half game out of first place. San Francisco is in third at 30 and 20, game and a half out of first place. Colorado and Arizona. Round out the top two. They are 13 and 14 games out of first place. So if you look at the division in the West, it is the it's between the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Giants. Who would have thought that was coming? Raising my hand. 
as you're listening to only be offered tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you for tuning in. And now let's turn over to the International League and let's talk a little Mud Hen baseball right here on All Andy Alfred. So the Mud Hens are on a long road trip right now. It's two weeks of without being at Fifth Third Field. When they return, it will be full capacity at Fifth Third Field as they'll take on the Louisville Bats for six days starting on the 8th of June. Uh, you can still get tickets by visiting mudhens.com or going on the phone by calling mudhens at 419-725-HENS. Um, I don't think they're still doing walk-up tickets anymore. I still don't think they still have that happening, but uh, you can always call ahead and see if, they ha- if they're still doing walk-up tickets, but they are plenty online to and you get to pick your seats and everything like that. So I, my best bet is if, if you get your mudhen tickets, you get them online, but they are on the road for a big six-game road trip as they will now be in Louisville for the next six days. And they took on the Bats on Tuesday night and got a big 2-1 to victory over the Louisville Bats. Peralta, the win, he goes to 1-0 with a 3.55 ERA. Ostrich, the loss, he goes to 0-2 with an 11.25 ERA. Daz Cameron getting his first home run of the season for the Mudhens. No home runs hit for Louisville. Carlton, the save, his first of the season as the Mudhens getting a big 2-1 to victory over the Louisville Bats. They continued their winning ways on Wednesday night as they put up 10, yes, 10 runs on the Louisville Bats. And the Bats could not respond. They only put up 3 on the board as the Hens win 10-3 to on Wednesday night. Kroll, the win, he goes to 2-0 with a 6.48 ERA. Shipley, the loss, he goes to now 1-4 with a 9 ERA. Gonzalez was the only home run for the Mudhens in the game. His fifth of the season, no home runs hit for the Louisville Bats in the game. You go to third last night, and the Mudhens fall to the Louisville Bats by a score of 5-4. to four. Farmer, the loss for the Mudhens, he goes to 0-2 with a 9 ERA. Uh, Delitch the loss. He win by the way for the Louisville Bats. He goes to one and zero with a one point three five ERA. Altruist the save his first of the season. Both teams did not hit home runs in the game. So you continue on their road trip as they will take on the Louisville Bats for the next three nights before they head to Memphis for six straight starting on Tuesday. Tonight it will be Manning on the hill. He's zero and one with a six point five two ERA. He'll take on Sam Martin, who is has no record as of yet. 705 first pitch for that one. Saturday, Saturday sees Hutchinson on the hill for the Mudhens. He is 0-2 with a 4.26 ERA. He'll take on Sam Martin, who is 1-1 with a 1.86 ERA. Game time for that one is 705. Both games tonight and tomorrow are 705 first pitches. Sunday's game is a 6:30 first pitch. Both teams have not yet named starters for either team. Then the Mudhens will then hit the road. They'll go to Memphis for six, and we'll recap the Mudhens' final games on Friday, from Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on Tuesday's edition of All Andy Alfred and preview their series against the Memphis Redbirds for the first time, playing the Memphis, Red, Re, Memphis Redbirds for the first time in their in this history of fifth or field in the history of the Mudhens organization. So 
With that in mind, let's take a look at the International League standings going into today's play. It looks like this. The In the Midwest bracket, it is the Iowa Barnst Barnstormers at 13-7 in first place. Indianapolis is 11-9, two games in out of first place. The St. Paul St. Paul is 11-10, three and a half games out of first place. The Iowa Cubs are 9-10, three and a half games out of first place. The Mudheads are right there at 9-11, four games out of first place. The Columbus Clippers are 8-12, five games out of first place. And the Louisville Bats are 6-14, seven games out of first place. In the Northeast bracket, it is the Scranton Wilkesbury Rail Riders at 15 and 6 in the top spot. Lehigh Valley is in second at 13 and 8, two games out of first place. Buffalo, the affiliate of the Toronto Blue Jays, are 12 and 9, three games out of first place. The Worcester Sox are 12 and 9, three games out of first place. The Rochester Red Wings are 6 and 15, nine games out of first place. And the Syracuse Mets are 5 and 16, 10 games out of first place. And you look at the southeast bracket, it is Nashville on the top spot at 15 and 5 in the top spot of the southeast bracket. Durham is 15 and 6, a half game out of first place. Jacksonville is 13 and 8, two and a half games out of first place. The Fighting Shrimp are fighting on right now. The Gwinnett Stripers are 12 and 9, three and a half games out of first place. The Memphis Redbirds are 8 and 13. Seven and a half games out of first place. The Charlotte Knights are seven and fourteen. Eight and a half games out of first place. And the ball and the Baltimore Orioles affiliate, the Norfolk Tides, are seven and fourteen as well. Eight and a half games out of first place. So yes, like I said, the Mud Hens return home June 8th to take on the Louisville Bats. You get your tickets by going to mudhens.com or calling them at 419-725-Hens for more information on ticket information as well as they will be having the grand reopening weekend opening week uh friday they're having a giveaway a uh, home plate giveaway from sofa foods that'll be a good giveaway to get on friday as well so there's that for you right here as you're listening to all ABL for tonight right here on the anchor network whether it be on itunes spotify google Podcasts, pocket cast bleaker stitcher However you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now let's talk a little hockey. Yes, Game 7 tonight, Wild and Knights. Big Game 7 tonight right here as it is the Golden Knights taking on the Minnesota Wild in Game 7 of the quarterfinal of the, of the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's a big game seven tonight between both teams. If you look at the series, it's tied at three games apiece. And you look at the series, and it's been back and forth, back and forth when it comes to it. Game one saw the Minnesota Wild getting a one nothing win in Vegas before Ve and in overtime. Game two sees the Golden Knights getting a 3-1 win at home, tying the series up at one. You get to game three, and Golden Knights just beating up on the Minnesota Wild by a score of 5-2, taking a 2-1 series lead, then putting a stranglehold on the series in Game 4 with a 4-0 shutout over the Wild. And a lot of us, including myself, thought that Vegas was going to win the series right there. But Minnesota stood on its head and went back into T-Mobile Arena and got the 4-2 win in Vegas before returning home on Wednesday, yeah, on Wednesday night 
shutting out the Golden Knights in tonight game seven nine o'clock for nine o'clock puck drop on NBCSN. A big game. It's probably one of the biggest games of the season. The biggest games of the franchise for the Golden Knights. Can they close it out? Can they finish the job? They have to, because I have Vegas in the in the final. We'll see how that all shakes out. But the rest of the league has basically shooken out. There's two. There's only two teams left in the round in round one to finish up. Of course, Toronto. I'm talking about the Leafs. Toronto took on the Montreal Canadiens last night and lost to the Canadiens in overtime by a score of four to three. Uh, Nick Foligno, the former Jacket captain, has been out with a with an injury. Um, it was good to see Jonathan Tavares back on the ice. Of course, Tavares had the big hit put on him. He was taken off on the ice off a stretcher. It's sad to see that happen to the guy, but he's back on the ice skating, not with non-contact, so he's skating by himself. But it's good to see him back on the ice. Uh, the Canadians a four-three win in overtime, though. However. On Thursday night, as it was also the Carolina Hurricanes shutting down and closing out the series, beating up on the Nashville Predators by a score of 4-3 to three in overtime. Carolina wins the series four games to two. So tonight, like I mentioned, Game 7, Minnesota and Vegas, 9 o'clock puck drop on NBCSN. So tomorrow night, it looked like this, 7.30 puck drop on NBCSN, Game 6 between the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Montreal Canadiens. This will be the first time Montreal will host fans inside the Bell Center in Montreal. So, we'll, you know, that adds a little bit more. That could force the Game 7 for that series. Game 7 of that series would be Monday night, if necessary, on Memorial Day. This will also be Game 1 of the second round of the playoffs in the on the American side of the ice as it will be the New York Islanders battling the Boston Bruins. Boston beating the Washington Capitals, and the New York Islanders beating the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's good to see Washington and Pittsburgh not make the make it to the next round. It is so good to not see that happen. Uh, Sunday sees Tampa Bay taking on Carolina in Game 1 of that playoff series on Sunday, May 30th, of course. So it'll be interesting to see what happens tonight, Game 7, between Minnesota and Vegas. But there's been some interesting developments happening at 200 West Nationwide Boulevard in downtown Columbus, Ohio. It is a return face to the franchise, of course. And I am talking about somebody that we knew it it was going to happen. We just knew it was going to happen after what what this past season has brought and there hasn't been any like true leadership on the jacket side of things since this man left but it's good to have JD back yes I'm talking about John Davidson has returned to the Columbus Blue Jackets he will be an alternative governor and the president of hockey operations for the Columbus Blue Jackets so now it is back in the saddle again is JD with Yarmo Kekalainen as the general manager of the team so now the goal is to see who the Jackets now will pick up as the head coach. There are rumors of 
who's going who and where's going where. But of course, the big one I've been hearing a lot lately is Gerard Gallant, the former the former Las Vegas Golden Knight first head coach who got them to the Stanley Cup in the first year is interviewing for the coaching position in Columbus. Of course, there's also rumors, talks of uh, a couple assistant coaches from the Tampa Bay Lightning as well as um, the former coach Brad Shaw from the Columbus Blue Jackets taking the opportunity to apply for the position as well. So I think Gerard Gallant would be the best fit for the Jackets. I think his style of coaching kind of mirrors John Tortorella's a little bit um, in some aspects, but, you know, he's also a, he's a little bit younger than Torts, and I, I just think that that would be a great pickup for the Jackets. I really do. I'd like to see them go in that route and see how they're going to how they're going to build and the goal is to try to keep players in Columbus and want to play in Columbus and make a Columbus a uh, a playable city for fan for not only just the players but also for fans to, to invest because that's what the main goal is you're you the fan are investing on this team whether it be buying season tickets, whether buying the merchandise, whether taking the time to watch their games on television, you know you are investing in this team, no matter what the situation is. So you want to have a team that's competitive on the ice that's going to make it make it competitive for you to enjoy and watch the games as well as hopefully lifting the Stanley Cup at Nationwide Arena or on the road or wherever it is for the Union Blue. I'm still crossing my fingers hoping that Nick Foligno comes back to Columbus. You know, Torts is out. Davidson likes Foligno. Get it done, John. Bring back Nicky Flings. Bring back Nick Foligno to Columbus. We need a veteran. We need a veteran leader in that room. Some news and notes to pass along to you. It uh, looks like uh, Daniel and Hendrick Sedin are going to be joining the front office for the Vancouver Canucks. That's good to see, of course. Um, it looks like, so. The league has decided today that they're going to reverse, are going to revise the second round of COVID protocols, which includes mask at games, plexiglass shield could be reinstalled behind the benches and penalty boxes. It looks like to bring more fans into the games, which we could be getting on sun, on Saturday. The new guidelines allow fans over the age of two to go without a mask if allowed by home teams. Each team is free to establish its own face covering policies for its spectators in accordance with the appliance of the local rules and regulations, of course. This uh, revised mask mule applies to only spectators. It doesn't revise to the NHL personnel, arena personnel, and broadcasters as well. Uh, like I mentioned, plexiglass sh shielding could be reinstalled behind the players' benches and penalty boxes for six U.S. states-based arenas hosting second-round playoff games. It was removed during the regular season as part of the COVID-19 protocols. The reinstallation of the plexiglass for Canadian-based teams will be assessed as vaccination rates increase 
in Canada. Yes. They need to get their vaccination rates up, of course. So uh, they're consulting with the CDC as well as medical experts in those buildings. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Ducks GM Murray, uh, Coach Eckerson to return next season with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks. So we'll see how that all shakes out this this season. We'll see. You're listening to All Andy Elford tonight right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Bleaker, Stitcher, however you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And, of course, it is Memorial Day weekend, of course, and one of my favorite traditions this weekend, besides the grilling and the cooking, is what I'm going to talk about next, the Indianapolis 500. So, of course, the tradition... In Indianapolis this upcoming weekend, yes, the Indianapolis 500 is probably one of my favorite races all season. I love the Daytona 500. It's a good race, but I love the Indy cars. And I've, I've been a big fan of Indy cars for the longest period of time. And the 500 to me is one of those bucket list things I need to get to before I pass on this earth. And to see the see the track and to see the guy lift the, lift the trophy and to drink the milk... You know, and see these race cars, it is just truly, truly amazing. And uh, it is a tradition that, you know, dates back so many years, of course. Uh, Scott Dixon is on the pole for the Indianapolis 500. He had a top speed of 231.685 miles per hour. Colton Hera is in the second position. He had a top speed of 231.655 uh, Remus Vicky, 231.511 miles per hour. Ed Carpenter will be the fourth position at 231.504. Uh, Tony Kanan, the top five spots, he is at 231.032. Looking at the rest of the lineup, this is what the 500 will field on Sunday at 12.20 Eastern on NBC. It will be Alex Perot in the sixth spot. Ryan Hunter Rays at seven. The Spider-Man himself, Helio Castroneves, is in the eighth spot. Marcus Anderson is at ninth. Alexander Rossi is at ten. Ed Jones is at the eleventh position. Twelfth position is Pat Patty Ward. Uh, Petrado Filippia is in thirteenth spot. Uh, Felix Rosoff, Rosquist, excuse me, is in the fourteenth spot. Tom Osato, who is the reigning champion of the Indianapolis 500, is in the 15th spot. James Hinchcliffe is at 16th. Scott McLaughlin is at 17th. Graham Rahal is at 18th. Colton Connor Daly is at 19th. It will be also in the 20th position as Jack Harvey. Joseph Newgarden in 21st. Uh, J.R. Hildebrand is at 22nd. Santino Ferrati is at 23rd. Juan Pablo Montoya will be in the 24th position. Marco Andretti, 25th. Sim, uh, Simon Paggio will be 26th. Uh, Sebastian Boris at 27th. Stefan Wilson, 28th. Max Chillen is 29th. Dilton, Dilton Keltent is 30th. Sa- Sage Kilgram will be 31st. Will Power will be 32. Simone de Silvano will be in the 32nd position. Also, Jimmy Johnson will be racing in this uh, Tanaka Santo, the defending champion, 12-20 on Sunday afternoon on NBC, the Indianapolis 500, who will lift the trophy and drink 
the milk. And of course, you can't go wrong with one of my favorite songs for the Indianapolis 500. And I'll give you my rendition of it right now if you, if you really, really, truly want it. And I'm not drunk. I'm, I'll sing it. I'll sing it for you. It's back home again in Indiana. And my favorite was Jim Neighbors that used to do it back in the day. But they've been switching around and doing it with, like, other people. But, you know, with Jim Neighbors gone, I I think it was a tradition for having Jim Neighbors to sing the song. And it was my favorite. It was like, back home again in Indiana. Through the fields I used to roam, the gleaming candlelight still burning bright through the sycamore proclaim the newborn hay that sweeps the sunshine through the fields I used to roam. When I thought, I I don't know the rest of the song, but my favorite part is when I blotted on the wall bash. How I long for my Indiana home. Jim Neighbors doing that song always brought a chill in my chill down my spine, and it's still to this day. I will look up every every. Sunday of the 500 and I will play Jim Neighbors singing Back Home Again in Indiana and that is a tradition that you will never see ever again right here in this world and you're listening to All Andy Up for tonight right here on the Anchor Network whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts Pocket Cast, however you're listening wherever and whenever you're listening thank you for tuning in to the show tonight of course um, wanted to dive this also um really quickly uh at the top of the show you heard me talk about what was happening with the with the nba was the popcorn situation how about that russell westbrook getting popcorn dumped on him by a fan and him going out trying to go after that fan i've seen it all folks i have seen it all and i choose not to see anymore I choose not to see anymore. I've, I've seen the malice at the palace. I saw that live. I will never, never forget watching that happen on TV as it was happening live. Uh, I was thank God we never had that with this situation. Thank God, have that situation. But uh, the Knicks are playing the Hawks tonight. That series is tied at one game apiece. The Nets are in. Boston, the battle of the Celtics. The Clippers are battling the Mavericks tonight. In uh, the, by the way, Brooklyn's up 2-0 in the series against the Celtics. The Mavericks are up 2-0 on the Clippers. Last night, of course, the Bucks a 113-84 win over the Miami Heat. The Nuggets a 120-115 win over the Trailblazers. The Nuggets are up 2-1 on the Trailblazers. The Bucks are up 3-0 on the. Miami Heat, and then the Lakers are battling the Suns. And God, I hope the Suns beat them. I, I, I just like to see LA fall this time. And the LA Lakers, a winner, 109 to 95. And Anthony Davis, a great outing for him in this game. If you look at the lines for him in this game, AD 
for the for the Lakers had he was 11 for 22 from the field goal range. He had 34 points, 11 rebounds. He had no assists in the game. So a great outing for him. Like I mentioned before tonight, the Knicks are battling the Hawks, Nets and Celtics, Clippers, Mavericks tomorrow tomorrow Saturday, a full slate. Bucks and Heat could the Bucks finish it out at 1:30. Nuggets and Trailblazers at 4 o'clock. Then at 7 on ESPN, it's the 76ers and the Wizards. Philadelphia up two games to nothing on the on the series. And then the Jazz and the Grizzlies, 9.30 tip for that one on Saturday night. Sunday on Memorial, on Memorial Day weekend, Knicks and Hawks game four. Suns and Lakers at 3.30. Knicks and Hawks are, by the way, at 1 o'clock. 7 o'clock, Nets and Celtics. And then at 9.30 is Clippers and Mavericks. And I love watching Charles and, and Kenny and Shaq and, of course, Elevator Ernie. I love Ernie Johnson. He's one of my favorite guys on the broadcast. So I hope I get a shout-out. I'd like to get a shout-out from Ernie for on the NBA on TNT crew because, you know, I love Elevator Ernie. He reminds me of what I, would, what I want to be when – I'm a little bit older and doing this and maybe doing this for a full life living instead of doing it as a side gig. Plain and simple. As you're listening to All AD Offer tonight, and yes, you just heard All AD Offer do an NBA read. Yes. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. Right here on All AD Offer. On the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast. However you're listening, wherever and whenever you're listening, thank you for tuning in. And now we're headed to the end of the program tonight, and it's time for Andy Rants. It was now time for Andy Rants tonight. If you haven't hit the subscribe button yet, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. We do podcasts every week right here on All Andy Alfred, whether it be on Tuesdays or possibly Fridays, like tonight, of course, right here on the Anchor Network. So welcome in. It's time for Andy Rants tonight. It's not much of a rant, but it's a more of a thank you. I want to thank you all for tuning in to the show. And uh, last week's episode was a good ratings for our program, so I want to appreciate. I want to say thank you, and I appreciate it. Um, this weekend, uh, of course, get out and enjoy what you can because the weather is crappy. Of course, here on Friday night, so hopefully Saturday and Sunday turn out a little bit better if you have a chance. Head down to the Erie Street Market. Of course, this big weekend is a big, the big Farmer's Market Flower Day weekend, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Get your produce, get your flowers planted, get everything you need for this upcoming summer season. It's a tradition in Toledo that, you know, I, I really love going down to the Farmer's Market and getting uh, my flowers for the season, getting my vegetables, getting my flowers, getting... You know, I, I always take my mom down there every year, and that's her Mother's Day gift. She gets to pick her flowers out, and she gets to plant them, and she gets to have a great time, and she gets to look at the beautiful flowers and be around people. Of course, remember to wear a mask, you know. And I, I'm going to say this tonight. This is what Andy Rance is about tonight. We are close to the end of this. We're about ready to run through the tape to the end of this uh this mass mandate and everything like that. And I, I, I wanted to make this clear to everybody. When you are seeing me out and about, I will still be wearing a mask. 
Um, I feel like we are not close to being where we need to be for uh, our vaccination rate. Um, if you see me out and about and I'm wearing a mask, and just remember, I'm still wearing a mask for respect for not only our healthcare workers, but our empl- uh, that are other employees that are wearing masks as well. I mean, I'm fully vaccinated. Don't get me wrong. I'm fully vaccinated and I'm still being careful because after all, people out there are crazy. I'll admit that. And seeing the people bag up with grocery bags, gasoline, there's a lot of crazy people in the world. And do you really trust people to not be able to say that they are vaccinated without wearing a mask? I will always I will keep wearing a mask until we hit the pla- the threshold of more than more than 50%. I'm looking towards 60% fully vaccinated before I take the mask off. Which I if it, projections are right, it should be about July 1st. So, there's that for you. So, but I want to thank our great governor, which is Mike DeWine, for his leadership that he has given us. In this time of crisis, in this epidemic, in this pandemic, and to him, to the to Lieutenant Governor John Husted, to all those in the ODH, uh, to our former director Amy Acton, and all those that helped us through this pandemic, I say thank you. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your help. Thank you for everything you've done. Um, it is, you know, we don't know, we didn't know what we were getting into, let alone a year ago. And, um, we just, we just don't know what we're headed for now. Um, we're hopefully we are done with this. We hope that we have, we have the right cure for this. And we hope that, you know, people respect one another because of this. Um, like I said, I'm going to keep wearing a mask just for safety, for my safety. Um, for those of you who are not aware of this, I'm going to share a little something personal. Um, my fiance, uh, Amanda, who I love and I care about, and I cannot wait to get married on the 25th of September this year. Uh, unfortunately, um, she was one of the 95%, one of the five percenters of this world that was with being fully vaccinated still got COVID because of her illness. Um, we don't know where she got it. There's a talk of it being either from work or from when my sister was getting married. Uh, it could have been at the reception of the marriage. We don't know. Um... She's on the men. She is. She's been given the clearance from the county and from our, her doctors, and from the from her work doctors to come back to work. She's going back to work this upcoming weekend, which I'm truly blessed and truly grateful. Um, I haven't seen her. I, 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 we've done we've done the COVID things, you know. We've uh, I've dropped off gifts. I have stopped out front of her house and waved to her, told her that I love her. I've done FaceTimes. I've called her on the phone, um, but never to be close enough to like to be personal and be you know be with her and be with her family. Thank God that none of her parents got 
COVID. None of my parents got COVID. I did not get COVID. I would test negative. As soon as she called me and told me that she tested positive for COVID, I, I immediately went out, um, got a test, came back negative. Uh, I've been feeling fantastic, not feeling any illness or any sickness, no cough, no anything. Uh, so I'm truly blessed by that. I will say it is one of those things that makes you think what's happening in this world. And, um, you know, I'm just truly blessed about the doctors and the res- and all the research that's been done because of this. So thank you. Um, thank you to all to all those in leadership who have fought the code, the frontline workers, the first responders. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for everything you have done to help us get through this. I truly, truly, I truly, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for this, for getting us through this, this pandemic, and through all of what's happened in the last year, okay? But I'm emotional right now. Because of all those that we have lost because of this. All those we have lost because of COVID. All those we have lost, whether it be from the sickness, whether it be from whether it be from the whether it be from the from being sick from COVID whether it be from the depression, whether it be from being suicide, whether it be from anything that has caused because of COVID, I am emotional because of that. It is is sad. It is sad that, you know, we have that, you know, and... um It is one of those things, you know, we have to look at and we will never, ever forget. We will never, ever forget. And remember what this holiday upcoming is all about, is about Memorial Day, is about remembering those who have made the ultimate sacrifice, whether it be in the military, whether it be in, you know, in, in the medical field now because of this. You will never be forgotten. Those who were affected and sick because of this illness. You will never be forgotten because of this. We will never forget any of this. This will go down in history as one of those events in our lifetime that we will talk about to our grandchildren and our grandchildren and our grandchildren. About this. Our children will pass this down. We will never forget what has happened. But this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. We honor those that we who made the ultimate sacrifice for this country, whether it be in the United States Navy, Army, Coast Guard, Marines, SEAL teams, no matter what. You are America. You protect the American dream, and you protect us. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. From my family to yours, thank you. And this honor, this is a privilege to be an American. 
and I thank you. And I love you guys so much. We'll talk to you guys next week right here on All of Alfred. So, we end tonight's show with the honoring of TAPS right here on All Andy Alfred. God bless America and thank you to our troops, to their families, and to every single one that has fought COVID, beaten COVID, and those families who have lost loved ones because of COVID. We thank you. And God bless America. This has been a presentation of the All Andy Elford Network powered by Anchor. You have been listening to Andy right here on the Anchor Network, whether it be on iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, Leaker, however you listen, wherever and whenever you're listening. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. 
And remember, you can follow Andy on Twitter. It is at AllAndyElford. It is at AllAndyElford. Facebook.com slash AllAndyElford. Podcasts are posted every Tuesday and Friday right here on the Anchor Network.